Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to continue our discussion on the word and our witness, part two, the word and our witness. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And by the word, of course, we're talking about the Bible, the word of God, the basic instruction before leaving earth, as some have deduced. Uh, So we wanted to just uh, share some insights on the word, God's um, instructions to us. The word of God, uh, as many of you all know, is intended for all of humanity, even the lost. We don't develop a relationship with Christ unless we hear a message about what he did for us on the cross, which comes from the word. So the word and evangelism is inextricably related. Um, We need to know the word. We need to study the word. We need to affirm the word. We need to defend the word. And God's word um, is the source for spiritual growth. You won't find that in self-help books. You won't find that through exercise. You won't find it through drinking. You won't find it through socialization. You won't find it through uh, um, other addictive behaviors. You won't find it anywhere else in terms of spiritual growth. The lessons that we need to grow spiritually cannot be found in anything else but God's Word. This is why God's Word is so important. So for the lost, it presents an invitation to get to know the living God who created the universe. To those that are already saved, it reveals God's sanctification plan and purpose. That's why I love the Bible. For the lost, it brings into focus what needs to be done in order to develop a relationship with the living God. For those that are already Christians, It brings us closer in terms of sanctification. 
in learning God's plan and purpose. Every Christian should have in their hearts or on their minds God's ministry of reconciliation. Ministry of reconciliation uh, simply means, in other words, evangelism, uh, the sharing of the good news. As Matthew 28, 19 through 20, as Jesus is talking to his disciples, uh, this message or instructions that he gives his disciples is not just descriptive, but it's prescriptive. It's not just descriptive, but prescriptive. And by prescriptive, it means that those instructions are binding upon all Christians. All Christians are obligated to share the good news of Jesus Christ. As Jesus himself said, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. And I love this last part of his assurance. He says, lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth. So the gospel, the word of God is uh, not just something to talk about, but it's something to do because this lost world needs hope. I was just reading an article a few weeks ago, and it was talking about how uh, depression has risen among youth just in the state of California. Uh, it's, it's risen exponentially. And everywhere we turn, we see uh, the results of sin. Ever since this country started tearing itself uh, away from um, transcendent help, things have gotten worse. Things haven't gotten better. Things have gotten worse because we are rejecting the message of the gospel. And to be honest, historically speaking, um, this country that we live in has always rejected the message of the gospel, but at least uh, in the early centuries, uh, they believed in a transcendent God. They believed in a, a power higher than themselves. But now we've gotten so sophisticated, we've gotten so educated that we've said to ourselves that God doesn't exist. And whenever you try to erase God, there will be some consequences. And we're living in the consequences of trying to deny God. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 19. Now, all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. This passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 19 is loaded with doctrinal um, insights, doctrinal message. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. We've been reconciled. We've been uh, reestablished in Jesus Christ. God was working through Jesus in terms of the atonement and in terms of the power that comes with the atonement. God did what he did through Jesus Christ. God's overture to humanity was for Christ to get on the cross and die for our sins. A price had to be paid. But through Jesus, he atoned for our sins. 
not counting their trespasses against them. You and I, uh, we're born with a sin defect. Doesn't matter how cute the baby is. Doesn't matter how charming uh, that uh, uh, toddler may be. That baby, that toddler was born with a sin nature. And the only way that sin is going to be kept in check, the only way that that uh, baby, that toddler is going to grow up into righteousness is to deal with that sin that's within them. All of us had to deal with the same nature. And so the only inoculation for sin is Jesus, is the blood of the lamb. And so we must introduce other people to the gospel, which is a balm, which is um, therapy, which is a serum for the disease called sin. It's a spiritual disease. It's called sin. And so the only thing, the only thing that will work for sin in terms of dealing with it is Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. So we must be ready to share the gospel. We must be ready to tell others how good Jesus is because drinking couldn't keep our sin in check. Reading transcendental books didn't keep our sin in check. Uh, Our friends couldn't keep our sin in check. Our education didn't keep our sin in check. The only thing that'll keep your sin in check is the power that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. So Christians are saved based on God's word. His word, the word, permeates the problem of sin and alleviates the stronghold for liberation to occur. It alleviates, God's word alleviates the stronghold in order for liberation to occur. So as a result of this experience, the Christian demonstrates gratitude by living fully for Christ and testifying on his behalf. Our word and our witness are inextricably connected. We witness because of the great commandment found in the scriptures. So let's take a look at the nature of God's words. God's word is a reflection of God. As evidenced in 1 Corinthians 14, 36, Ephesians 6 through 17. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. When believers live by the word of God, it is a witness to those around them. God's power is evidenced by the transformative events in the believer's life. So it's not just talking about how good God is. People need to see it in real time. People need to see you change. People need to see your habits geared towards righteousness. So it's not enough to say Jesus is good. Can they see it in your life? Are you uh, living and producing fruit as the Bible talks about? The fruit that the Bible tells us about. The fruit of the Spirit. Are you producing those things? And if you're not producing those things, then what you're saying is not as effective as if you were living it out. It's one thing for me to talk about the power of Christ 
But it's another thing to allow the power of Christ to tame my tongue so I'm not saying things that I ought not to be saying. It's one thing to uh, talk about the power of Jesus, but it's another thing to allow that power to discipline me so I'm not out of line, so I'm not out of step. Uh, It's one thing to say that you know how to praise God, but it's another thing to be able to use that relationship to love those that may get on your nerves. So people need to see the love of God emanating through us. It's a reflection of God. That, that's what the word of God is. The Bible is not just a tool um, or, or a book to have on our coffee table So in order to fulfill tradition. Many people have the Bible. Many people read the Bible. But those same people, many of them, do not apply the Bible. And that's where um, the conflict arise. There are uh, many notable people, even in today's culture, they claim to be Christians, but you look at their fruit and it's inconsistent with what Jesus professes or what Jesus uh, demands or what Jesus allows. And so it's one thing to say you love God. It's one thing to say you love Jesus, but your walk need to match up with the talk. And since this is an apologetic show, I must say, uh, one of the things that Satan has used to his advantage was to confuse uh, those, some of those who profess to know Christ. It's interesting that in latter centuries, or, or decades rather, this whole thing of uh, don't judge, don't judge, that's, that's uh, people's uh, response when you talk about uh, other people living short of the standard. Now, let me try to expound on this concept of don't judge. The Bible doesn't say we shouldn't judge. That's not what it's saying. And many people go to um, different passages and, and, and take it out of context. But judging to assess whether a situation or an act is right or wrong is biblical. What the Bible condemns is self-righteous judgment condemnation. So the Bible is telling us you don't have the authority as a human being to condemn anyone. You don't have the authority to, uh, to say something like, oh, this person will never change. That's condemnation. Condemnation belongs to God, but to assess whether an act is right or wrong is within our purview. It's within what God has told us to do, uh, that we ought to judge righteously. So again, this whole thing, this notion, this uh, politically correct phrase of don't judge has been misunderstood and it has been misused. So if we weren't to judge, as an example, right, if, if, if your whole thing is one should never judge and, and, and that's your belief, then you should never make a statement. Because soon as you tell someone uh, what's right and what, or what's not right, you've already judged if we use that definition. So apparently that's not what the Bible means by judging. We're, the Bible condemns, again, self-righteous judgment, not righteous judgment. So the Bible is a reflection of God. It's also pure, Psalms 12 and 6. 
So just like God is pure without contamination, so is his word. This pureness is what humanity needs and desires. This perfection makes God's word vastly different from any other writing. No other writing will make you pure. However, God's word will make you pure because of what Jesus did on the cross. That power, that dunamis power, the same power that raised up Jesus Christ is what God looks at when he looks at humanity. He doesn't see us. He sees the blood first. Then he sees us. And that covering is what makes us pure. Then the Bible is upright. It is upright. It, it, it teaches us what uprightness means and what uprightness is. Psalms 33 and 4. God's word is upright. It can be trusted just like God. As a result, the believer can have full confidence in what he or she reads. This fidelity through the act and profession of every believer stands as a testimony for all to embrace. Then God's word is means for creation. Psalms 33 and 6. Many try to make sense of the world. Where did we come from? How did we get here? Where did the first man come from? These pressing questions are answered by the word of God. The Bible fills in the blanks for those who thirst for the truth concerning creation. The world was created by the word of God, by the word of God because God spoke it into existence as Genesis 1 details. So in today's culture, many people are trying to find themselves. When I was in college, you would run into students and uh, you ask them what their major is, and they're not certain of their major because they're trying to find themselves. Uh, and then some people want to know how we all got here, and they use science alone to try to figure out how we got here. Science can only answer certain things within that discipline. But when it comes to metaphysics, when it comes to things such as God, when it comes to things such as prayer, when it comes to things such as spirit and soul, science can't deal with it because that's not part of that discipline. So science alone can't prove or argue for God. Science alone can't disprove God because it's a separate discipline. So when it comes to God, we have to accept what the Bible tells us through faith. Through faith, we have to accept what the Bible tells us in the same way that evolutionists have faith in the science. Evolutionists believe uh, that the earth has been here billions of years through faith. Not science, it's through faith. Because they're, they're, they're trying to use uh, carbon-14 dating to try to deduce how old something is. And the reality is nobody was around thousand years, two thousand years, three three or four thousand years, five thousand years, let alone millions, to say, I saw all these years, right? I was an eyewitness, I was able to evaluate it through my senses, and the earth has been here two million years. Nobody uh has lived long enough to be uh, to be able to see for themselves. So how do we stand here and say, um, we're gonna indict the Christian for having faith, but yet evolutionists have the most faith. They claim to stand on science, but this theory that the earth has been here millions of billions, billions of years is in deference to carbon-14 dating, and that's what their hope is on. Their hope is on this scientific method, which is not always accurate. 
So again, the Bible is upright. The Bible gives us the means for creation. And then the next one is it can be rebelled against. People can rebel against the word of God. Psalms 107 and 11. People can rebel against the word of God. And we see that all around us. Uh, After COVID, the results or the statistics are saying that less people are coming back to church. And even before COVID, uh, a lot of people say they didn't go to church for whatever reasons. So uh, the, the Bible or the word of God can be rebelled against. His word is an expression of perfect love. God gives all humanity free will and that ability to choose or deny him. So as a result, some will rebel against his word due to sin. It is his desire that no one perishes, but God allow each person to freely make their choice. This is the warning that all believers must preach to others. So God doesn't force himself on anybody. He's not a cosmic rapist. God doesn't push himself on anyone. Then he's not a cosmic bellhopper. God doesn't give us everything that we want. Uh, God gives us all free will. And because of that free will, every man, every woman, every boy or girl has absolute free will to deny, reject, or accept him. This is why uh, even those who rebel against God, even the atheists, even the agnostic, even the humanist, even the skeptic, even those individuals, God loves ontologically. He gave them the free will to reject him because God wants us to freely choose him. Freely choose him. Because if not, then yes, you can say that uh, God made us like robots. We can say that uh, we didn't have any say-so in choosing God or we didn't have any say-so in going to heaven. We didn't have any say-so because God forced us into this. But no, we can't ever say that. You have free choice. You have free will to live righteously or unrighteously. But just think about it. There's consequences for living righteously. And there's consequences for living unrighteously. So if we're not willing to follow God's script, if we're not willing to follow the prescription and our lives are not what it needs to be, we can't blame, we can't blame God. Or if we find ourselves Uh, thinking we're doing right, but we are our own God, we are our own Lord, and things don't turn out the way that it ought to turn out, we can't blame God. So God provides uh, not just the means for creation, but um, he allows us to rebel against him. Then the Bible tells us about truth. Psalms 119 and 160, 2 Corinthians 6 and 7 Uh, or even 2 Timothy 2 and 15. God cannot lie. Hebrews 6, 18 reminds us of that. Since it is impossible for God to lie, it is also true that his words are true. The scripture gives us an honest assessment about every aspect of life. The word not only bears witness to the will of God, following the scriptures exemplifies what God can do in accordance to his nature because he is truth. His words are true concerning marriage, as an example. In today's culture, we're trying to redefine marriage, but we we don't have that authority. God will always see marriage as between a man and a woman. 
singleness. We're trying to redefine what a single person that's a, that's a believer should do. We can't redefine that. God will always have a standard for singleness. We're trying to redefine what sex should be, what money, how, how to treat money, what to do with money. We're trying to redefine death, how, how we should deal with death, how uh, we, we ought to deal with the corpse. We're trying to redefine all those things. We're trying to redefine uh, godly purpose for uh, uh, people that believe in God. We can't do that. God has already defined everything, and he's already laid the parameters. And just because we run into people that say, well, the Bible's old-fashioned, uh, the Bible uh, it's a historical data. It's not meant for today. Uh, just because people attack the Bible doesn't mean we as Christians should not defend the Bible. The Bible, because it's true, it has no expiration date. Because God is infinite, his word is infinite. Because God is true, his word is true. Because God is eternal, his word is eternal. So the Bible doesn't expire like milk. The Bible does not expire. So the same principles that God gave us and revealed to us in Genesis, those principles are eternal and still valid today. Well, our time has come to a close. Uh, we'll continue this topic on the next episode. But please remember that God's word is to be cherished. And through that, we should move us to a higher action. Again, thank you for listening. Remember to do for the truth what others do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio. Two weeks old in an iron lung, which is, you know, like a sealed oxygen unit. Um, fighting for my life I couldn't I couldn't breathe properly I, and apparently I didn't make a sound um, from the day I was born because my lungs were all messed up that's Martin Smith of Delirious sharing a personal testimony on The Walk a podcast for worshippers join us weekly to hear songwriters worship leaders filmmakers and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform